The following audio drama is rated G-Wiz, which means it's perfectly safe for folks and families of all ages to enjoy with Cheese Wiz. Hi there, and welcome to the Electric Vicuna podcast, where we make original audio drama from 13 years of productions, and now over 50 episodes on this stream alone. And I'm Jack Ward. It's summertime at EVP, and the bees are buzzing, and the birds are chirping, and that means we gear up for writing and producing. Thus it is, thus it ever shall be. Certainly 29 years ago, in the summer, I had an embarrassing encounter that created one of my most imaginative storylines. It was 1988, and I had returned to Bellwood Lodge in camp as the outtripping director. That means it was my job to drive the bus and arrange all kinds of off-camp tours and sightseeing. Before the campers came, I was helping the director open the camp for staff and lodgers. Junior entrepreneurs came as a whole horde, and they arrived and began working on building a new craft hut for us. I was using the director's half-ton truck one afternoon to do odd chores around the property, and unbeknownst to me, when I had put it in park, the parking brake slipped, and the, the truck was on a bit of a hill, and it rolled towards me, bumping me into the back... Alarmed, I turned around, stopped the forward motion, and leapt into the cab and reset the brake. Well, a few days later, while I had spent some time romancing one of the junior entrepreneur lady folk, she happened to mention that I was smarter than she expected. Taken aback, I was uh, a little offended. All my life, I had been called a manner of things, but never had before had somebody assumed I was dumb. That was never on the docket. So she said that I guess the whole junior entrepreneur group watched my battle with the truck and assumed I didn't know how to park a vehicle properly. So the rest of the group had taken to calling me Biff in a derogatory attempt to point out that I was strong and handsome, but not so very full upstairs. I was livid, uh, but the name never left me. Biff. Hmm. So (laughs) one year later, I had my second audio drama script. And 20 years plus after that, I had my first reboot. So I'm thrilled to present the first of that reboot with Spaceways, starring Biff Straker, written and directed by Jack J. Ward. Enjoy. Attention, please. Introducing a new transcribed feature available through radiographic sound and downloadable through your favorite podjector. Biff Straker, the spaceman of the stars, the crusader of the cosmos, hero of the heavens, and star of Earth's spaceways begins in a moment. But first, our winner of the Spaceways 31st Century Boy Contest, the premier Nova Cadet, Colm Guthrie Ward, who is now known as Kid Rocket, has something to say. Let's try to connect with him now. Kid? Kid Rocket, this is Earth, the 21st century calling. Can you hear us? I can hear you. This is Kid Rocket speaking. Gee, thanks so much for a swell introduction. 
That's right. This is Kid Rock talking to you from Nova Command. And so keen to be here at the center of all action for the Star Alliance. Oh, I wish I could show it to you all. Now, Kid, we don't want to give too much away. I'm sorry, Mr. Narrator. Just so cool being here. I guess I got a little carried away. That's all right, Kid Rocket. Now, why don't you tell all the listeners out there how they can get to become Nova Cadets? Well, we're just organizing it now. With Commander Angela Deegan, Doshi Smart, and Putty. Why, I bet... Kid, can we at least have anyone interested in being a Nova Cadet contact you? Yes, so. If they just say their name, age, and email address to novacadet at gmail.com. We'll sign them up to become Nova Cadet. Why, even Biff Straker became a Kid, Nova Cadet. you know Biff Straker? Do I know him? He's amazing. Why, he's just the bravest captain in Nova Command. He saved Earth single-handedly at least seven times. Why don't we just show them ourselves, kid? That'd be a swell idea. All right, till next time, this is Fourth Cadet Kid Rocket signing out. Aim for the stars. That was Kid Rocket from the 31st century, more than a thousand years into the future. But our story doesn't begin in the future. Instead, it begins in the past, in the year 1993, where Stephen Biff Straker, football athlete and scholar at Gulf University, has met with the amazing science professor, Dr. Leo Vester, late at night in a secret location. Mr. Straker. Doc? Over here. What are you doing over by these hedges? Give me a hand with this grate. Certainly, Doc. How many times have I told you, Mr. Straker, my name is Dr. Vester, or Professor Vester, but certainly not Doc. There. That has it. Trust me, it's much harder with just one. A ladder? Yes, indeed, Mr. Straker. Come quickly now. Science waits for no man. Yes, sir. It's as black as pitch down here, Doc. Professor! There are torches built into the walls for illumination. Torches? A little old tech, isn't it, Doc? A doctor? Where are we going? To investigate sewer alligators? Nothing quite so mythological, I assure you, Mr. Straker. Come. We have just a few more feet to go. Exactly 111 feet from the street. 100 feet straight down below the campus, Biff and Professor Vester continue their descent with only the burning, weak illumination of a torch held cautiously by the Doctor of Physics as they make their way along the metal ladder until... There. That has it. What now, Doctor? It's like standing at the bottom of a well. One second, Mr. Straker. Vester. Leo, voice print password. My little buttercup has the cutest smile. What? I had the security upgraded in the last 10 years. Impressive, Doctor. Where are we? Initially, this underground chamber was developed in the 60s as an experimental bomb shelter. Should the university require it, all the faculty and a portion of the best and brightest could have been housed down here during a nuclear exchange. How big is it? The actual facility covers nearly one-third of the entire campus. 
Originally, there were a great many subterranean chambers and underground sewers that were remodeled and upgraded with lead shielding. Are we the only ones who... After the fall of the Soviet Union, most of the access points were walled off to prevent curious students from running a muck. The project was shut down. Most? All but the entrance in the gardens from the street level, and only I have the keys and the access codes for that. You'd be surprised in a university how many rooms or buildings remain mysteriously untouched because of one or another administrative order more than a decade previous. Why do I maintain access to this place? The answer is quite obvious, Mr. Straker. There is nowhere else that I would be able to perform my experiments. And my experiments are my last chance for my legacy to mankind. Legacy? What? Doctor, what? what is this? This, Mr. Straker, is the future! It looks like one of those single-arm turbines. You've seen them used to train astronauts and, and test pilots as to the effects of G-force? No, but I have seen every James Bond movie ever made. Yes. Well, be that as it may, this is where you come in, Mr. Straker. This is amazing. How are you able to use all this power without the university knowing? Wait, wait a minute. What do you mean where I come in? Self-contained geothermal reactor cobbled together from some master students on loan from MIT, Harvard, and Toronto University as a high-level science fair project I was able to create a grant for. The project submitted belonged to the university, more specifically, the judging committee, and it was little problem for me to... What does this have to do with me? You did apply to intern in the physics department. Well, yes, that's true, but... And your marks hardly qualify you for one of the various labs we operate. That's why I applied, sir. My pappy used to say that if you want to get better at something, immerse yourself in it. And you are, well, rather athletic. No major injuries, illnesses, genetic defaults, no history of diabetes, mental illness, or heart problems in your family. How, how do you... Have no doubt, Mr. Straker. I am very thorough when it comes to my experiments. I plan everything to the last detail. Well, I won't let you down, Professor. Mr. Straker, of that I was certain. While you are equipped with the required physicality for my experimentation, you lack the deep acumen to procure financial remuneration from any of my academic colleagues. Uh, yeah. In short, Mr. Straker... You can't possibly understand the processes involved, so that even if you did tell, there's little you can pass on to any competitors. You can trust me, Doctor. I wouldn't tell. Of course, Biff. Sometimes I forget what it's like to be in your twenties and still believe in something. What is our test, Professor? The future, Biff! You said that before. Einstein's theory of relativity tells us that the closer we accelerate towards the speed of light, the more relative time slows down. Yes, sir. Powered by our geothermal reactor, I've been developing specialized batteries to store enormous reservoirs of energy, all focused upon our turbine there. Such power that anyone sitting in the cockpit seat there at the end of the arm will have the ride of his life. 
reaching speeds no human has ever gone before, as near to the speed of light as we dare. You want me to go there? You, sir, will be our first chrononaut. Time, traveler. For you, time will not have changed a great deal, but for the world around you, the pace of time will race to catch up with the spinning of the arm. Doctor, are you sure that- Nothing to fear, Mr. Straker. I will be right here, monitoring the controls. At the first sign of trouble, I have a series of fail-safes that will slow the temporal turbine to a manageable state and stop. But at such speed. Another important innovation. Inertial controllers. You see, the cockpit is completely enclosed for a reason. It needs to be hermetically sealed. The motion of the arm is nearly frictionless, which means a passenger might travel for all eternity if necessary. If necessary? In the locker down to the right, you'll find the chrono suit. Chrono suit? Yes. It's in the third locker on the right. Uh... Dr. Vester. Yes, Mr. Straker. Is this it? Yes, Mr. Straker. Slide the suit over your regular clothes. All right. Although you might want to loosen your pants first a little. It can pinch a bit about the waist. This looks like a spacesuit. Chrono suit, Mr. Straker. It is for traveling through time. Although it does have some interesting features. Helmet. Yes. You'll need to put that on. It's vacuum sealed, but don't worry. The hose is reinforced polymer and hooked into the frame so there's no tensile stress upon it. The entire arm operates on an electron-level glide apparatus, aiding to the frictionless components. Boots are heavy. They are counterweighted and designed to clamp into the time turbine, just as your glove wristlets will fasten as well. After all, if your limbs somehow came free... Yes? It's best not to think about such things. Something bit me. Uh, That's just the nutrient enabler. The new what's it? Uh, Once you zipped the suit in place, it expanded the interior pressure, and the needle pack on the inside back of the neck of the chrono suit operates as a life monitor and provides your body with both oxygenated blood and nutrients. Are you saying I don't need to breathe or eat? Or drink water, actually. You can breathe the same CO2 in your helmet till doomsday, and your body will feel like it's still receiving all it needs. Although, I expect you will feel a slight euphoria from the sedative. Sedative? Uh, Necessary, so that your heartbeat remains within safety parameters. Don't worry, it's mild at best. Come with me to the cockpit. Doctor? Yes, Biff? Am I going to die? I'm fairly certain that's not going to happen. Now, watch your head. Uh, Get into the chrono chair. Okay? Give me a thumbs up. Thumbs up! Hold on. There, I've turned on your helmet radio. Uh, Can you hear me, Mr. Straker? Yes, Doc. Doctor! I'm so pleased. I had forgotten that the cockpit is rendered mostly soundproof. What now? Do you see the boot and gauntlet fasteners? Gauntlet? Gloves. Uh, Hook and snap your boots in place first. They should work much like downhill skis fasten. Toe first and then heel. I see them, Doctor. That's got it. Excellent. Now just place your hands face down one at a time on the armrests. 
Excellent. The clamps should properly mollify any movement of your arms. What do I do now, Doctor? Mr. Straker, sit back and let me drive. Drive? Metaphorically speaking, of course. You will not be really going anywhere but round and round as the turbine picks up speed. Then why? As the turbine picks up speed, time dilation will occur. The graphite polymer mix on the track and moving parts will remove friction until enough speed occurs and the graphitics takes place. Graphitics? At precisely 7,452 kilometers per hour, the time turbine moves into full flight mode and begins angling the centrifugal force in such a way that literally no moving parts touch. The chrono chair will be held aloft by pure centrigravitic force. That's incredible. Indeed. The arm will spin and spin and spin until it reaches nearly the speed of light itself. But nothing can exceed the speed of light. We're not attempting to pierce that barrier, Mr. Straker. We have no need. No. Einstein's time dilation is our goal. We're going to edge you ahead of local time. Ahead of local time? But how much further ahead? For you, Mr. Straker, mere minutes will pass. For me and the rest of your Earth-bound brethren, however, a full two weeks will have lapsed. Two weeks? But I'll... I'll starve to death. Mr. Straker, you're thinking of time linearly. While it will be fourteen days here, in the lab, for you it will be mere minutes. 6.4 minutes, to be exact. Professor, are you all right? This is the culmination of my life's work, Mr. Straker. I feel as giddy as a (laughs) schoolboy. You needn't worry at any rate about food. Your nutrition is carefully supplemented and monitored, not just for blood oxygenation, but rather to make certain you uh, gain enough vitamins, minerals, uh, even water. Is it dangerous? It's never been tested before, so I'm going to say... No. Never been tested before. Science waits for no man, Mr. Straker. And time. Time waits for no one either. Doc. See you in the future. Pressure. Conversation is impossible now, Mr. Straker. I'm simply speaking too quickly for you to hear. It's working. He's moving so fast. He's not even a blur. Reaching phase one. Moving to central graffiti mode. This can't be possible. My chest can't breathe. I can't. Great Scott Leslie. As the pressure builds upon our hero, Biff Streaker passes out as the time turbine relentlessly whirls him faster and faster into the future. While poor Dr. Vester, overexcited that his great lifelong dream has come to pass, collapses on the floor. Will the doctor recover his senses in time? Will Biff survive this chronal crisis? Stand by for Spaceways! Starring Biff Straker and Episode 2, The Haunted World. Episode 1, The Future is Now. Stars Eric Benson as Dr. Leo Vester. 
Colm Guthrie Ward as Kid Rocket, and Jack Ward is Biff Straker. Spaceways, Year Zero, was directed and written by Jack J. Ward. Audio editing production by Josiah Ambrose. Music composed and performed by Sharon B. The Biff Straker March is composed by Sharon B. from an original theme by Jack Ward and is an EVP production from Halifax, Canada. I'm your announcer, Mark Brzee. Return with us next time for Biff Straker and the Haunted World. Good night. And that was The Future Is Now, Episode 1 of Year Zero of Spaceways. When I was a kid, my father's nickname for me was Buck. I've continued the tradition a little in that my firstborn, Aiden's nickname I call him is Flash. I've always loved Flash Gordon and Buck Rogers and the wide palette that those universes provide. Be here next week as we continue with Spaceways Episode 2, The Haunted World. Until next time here at the EVP Podcast, I'm Jack Ward. Good night. This has been an Electric Vicuna production.